My name's Angelo and welcome to We Want Picks. I'm going to break down the entire UFC Vegas 75 fight card, giving you my picks, my predictions, and my bets. But before I do, I want to give you $50. I want to put money in your pocket. All you need to do is go to wewantpicks.com slash bets, sign up with any one of our betting partners using our link, and I will send you 50 bucks. It's literally that simple. It's affiliate marketing, right? You're going to sign up using the link. They're going to pay us, say thank you for bringing this person to us. I'm going to take off a piece of that, and I'm going to give it right back to you. So wewantpicks.com slash bets. We have four different sportsbook partners. Jump into any one of them. They all offer their own bonuses and matches. Sign up, make a deposit. We will send you 50 bucks as a thank you. Let's quickly talk about UFC 289. Weird card overall. Lots of weird fights. We had a no contest. There was only 11 fights total. I'm down 63 cents, right? One a unit for me is $100. I'm down 0.0063 units. Jacob's up a good amount, so Jacob did pretty well. The only bet I actually lost outside of the safety parlay was the Benil Darius money line. I was way too exposed on him. The Eric Anders, Chris Curtis bets, those were fully refunded. Hit Jasmine, absolutely. Twitter hated that bet, but we loved it. Biggest winning dog on the card. We were all over that. We hit that bet. Mike Malott money line. And then what should have been the safety parlay was the two women fights that weren't the main event over two and a half rounds. That honestly should have been the safety parlay, but it is what it is. Overall, the safety parlay is still a massive success, right? It hits at a 72% rate. In 2023 alone, it is up eight units. Over the last 23 events, which is however long we've been doing it, it is up 20 units total. So if you are a premium member, it is still worth the follow. If you're not a premium member, become one. You are going to unlock all the picks, all the bets, the safety parlay, which again hits at a 72% win rate and it is up eight units on the year. But it's far more than just, oh, here's our bets. Copy those. We also give you tools, insight, information. One of those tools is the line movement tracker. It is up, ready to go right now for UFC Vegas 75. And we have several fighters that open as dogs and will close as favorite. Leroy Duncan. Christian Leroy Duncan opened at plus 145 dog is now a minus 165 favorite. Marvin Vittori opened at plus 130 is now minus 120. So very, very interesting line movement here. Use the tools, find your spots. It's far more than just copy paste bets. We give you what you need to make money. We on picks.com. It is only $10 a month. Let's jump into this card. Again, we have 14 fights. The, the pay-per-view, Canada's first pay-per-view in four years or whatever it was, 11 fights. Random fight night in Vegas again, 14 fights. Let's jump in and opening up the UFC Vegas 75 fight card. We have Zach Pauga taking on Modestus Buskaskis. Modestus Buskaskis is a very versatile striker. He's dangerous on his feet. He does tend to react instead of pushing the pace, and that has gotten him into trouble in the past. He has the tools to be successful, though, in the UFC. He has a 71% takedown defense, and up until his last fight, he actually had never been taken down in the UFC. He is coming off of a decision win over Tyson Pedro, where he looked very technical early, and he was making contact. He's taken on Zach Pauga, and the Zach Pauga before the UFC and during the UFC are very different Fighters, before the UFC, Zach was a strong wrestler. He would pump out the jab, launch overhands, and then takedown attempts. The UFC version of Zach is just purely a striker who enjoys just some cage control. We haven't seen that wrestling from him yet, and he may need it in this matchup. He's coming off that decision win over Jordan Wright, where despite almost nine minutes of control time, he was outstruck 199 to 85 
And if I knew Zach could take Modestus down, then he'd be the easy pick. But if we all knew that, then he'd be the favorite, right? Instead of the plus 140 underdog. And striking-wise, Modestus is going to be far more technical striker. And even if Zach wants to actually wrestle, we haven't seen that on the UFC level he's capable of getting those takedowns. Yes, Zach was a heavyweight on the Ultimate Fighter, but he never truly had heavyweight power. So the pick here is going to be Modestus. He should be the better striker in a mostly striking matchup, but there's not going to be a bet here for me because there's absolutely a world where he is just held against the cage for 15 minutes and Zach takes a decision. So Modestus Buskaskis is the pick. Then we have a couple of grapplers here. We have Ronnie Lawrence taking on Dan Argueta. Ronnie Lawrence is a good wrestler. He shoots, he reshoots often. He's athletic. He's got solid footwork. He uses leg kicks really well. And if you look at his takedown numbers, he averages more than seven takedowns per 15 minutes, which it's got to be one of the highest ones in the UFC, especially this division. He has four fights in the UFC. He has a total of 27 takedowns with a 77% accuracy. But he is coming off of that loss to Kokromanov where he was taken down 10 times. He was taken down 10 times. He's taking on Daniel Argueta. Daniel Argueta is a short, stocky grappler who's going to come across the cage, wrap up your body, and muscle you to the ground. He has really nice pressure, and he leaves almost no space for people to work up. He has one single game plan, and that is to get you to the ground and pound away. He's coming out that decision win over Nick Aguirre, where he got the takedowns with that blues and absolutely no problem. He looked strong. He had heavy pressure and solid BJJ defense. We saw what happens when someone pressures Ronnie Lawrence. Right, We just saw that. Ronnie's a great offensive wrestler, but definitely had trouble in his last fight when he was the one being wrestled. He was the one being backed up, and he couldn't push his own game plan. And I'm going to pick Argueta here. It's a low-confidence pick because one or two bad scrambles, and then all of a sudden Dan Argueta's losing this fight. But Argueta's going to be the pick, and that plus 135 money line is looking really good. I think he's going to come forward. I think he's going to pressure Ronnie Lawrence. He's a very different style than Kokromanov, but I still think that forward heavy wrestling pressure is going to be an issue for Ronnie Lawrence. So I'm going to keep an eye on that money line. I haven't pulled the trigger just yet, but I am liking uh, Dan Argueta here at plus money in the underdog spot. Then we got Teresa Bleda taking on Gabriela Fernandez. Teresa Bleda is a determined grappler. She's going to come forward. She's going to work for the takedown. But she's not desperate, right? She's not butt scooting her way across. She will stand tall and she will strike while moving forward. But as soon as you are comfortable and you throw a kick or you cut a bad angle, she's going to catch the kick. She's going to shoot a takedown and she's going to work from there. She has great control on top and is very methodical. While she's a very good grappler, she is much more dangerous on top than she is bottom. She's coming off that loss to Natalia Silver where she did have a takedown and a handful of submission attempts before being stopped in the third round. She's taking on Gabriela Fernandez. Gabriela is a powerful striker. She's big. She's strong. She's fast. She's technical. And she's got solid striking with BJJ as well. Her takedown defense is okay, but it's mostly just her being bigger and stronger and less about her using the right techniques. She's got that solid BJJ and she can work well off her back, but it almost works against her at times because instead of scrambling back to her feet where she's going to be the better striker, she's going to play this weird BJJ game. She is coming off that loss in her UFC debut to Jasmine Jazudevicious where she was taken down four times and controlled for 11 Minutes. Gabriella is a plus 235 underdog, and that feels super wide for me. Yes, she is coming off that decision loss to a grappler where she did essentially nothing, 
but she's also very strong, a very good striker. Teresa has takedowns in grappling, but her takedowns aren't as clean as Jasmine's are. Teresa Blayla should win this fight. She's got the blueprints. She's got the skills to execute, but man, this is going to be tricky because I could see a very young, inexperienced Blaza getting overzealous, taking bad shots, and potentially leaving her neck out there, or even getting frustrated with the striking of Gabriella and losing. And I do my notes. You guys know I read notes here, right? I do all my research. I take notes, and then I read the notes, especially today. I mean, you, you might be able to smell the alcohol coming off of me through this screen from last night's party. Anyway, my notes when I did these were, if Jasmine wins, bet on Gabriella inside the distance decision, no action. So I'm probably going to hit that bet. We'll see what happens. And the whole point of that was if Gabriella was able to work up, keep coming forward, keep trying to make something happen. Yes, yeah, she gave up 11 minutes of control time against Jasmine and Jasmine absolutely worked her. But now we know who Jasmine is. Well, Jacob and I always knew. But now everybody else knows who Jasmine is. So... Gabriela Fernandez, honestly, might be a solid underdog here at plus 235 because she's got the hands. And Teresa Blaza is only 21 years old. I know the graphic says 35. We'll get that fixed. Again, wild weekend. But Teresa Blaza is 21 years old. And that experience, the strength, the size, everything about Gabriela could give her a hard time. So I haven't pulled the trigger yet. We'll see where the inside distance decision no action bet stands when those props drop on Tuesday. If you're not a premium member, become one. You'll unlock everything that we do. But you also get instant alerts to your phone as soon as you link your Discord. And those alerts are very important, especially on prop days, right? Money lines, if you get a few weeks ahead of them, you're good. Props, we're there when they drop. Like those drop on Tuesdays, they're live, they start coming up. We hit them and they instantly move. This feels like a fight where the props are gonna drop and we might get some solid movement and some solid spots here. So make sure if you're a premium member, you link the Discord. If you're not a premium member, it's freaking $10 a month. So sign up at wewantpicks.com. Just click become a member. Then we have everybody's new favorite fighter, Zalgas Zumagulov, taking on Felipe Bunes. Zalgaz Zumagulov is a grinding style fighter. He's got solid power, very good wrestling, and his goal is always to throw these looping punches, get you to react so he can work in a takedown. And the stats are very deceiving because while he averages more than one takedown per fight, he has a 19% accuracy. But I've mentioned this many, many times before. That's really just what chain wrestling looks like. You're going to miss the first shot. You shoot a second. Maybe you miss a second. You shoot a third. He's got great pressure and is always moving forward. But for whatever reason, the judges absolutely hate his guts. He's one in five in the UFC with four of those losses being incredibly close decisions. He's coming off that controversial decision to Charles Johnson where he did have power. He had aggression. He had the better striking stat and a takedown to close out the third round he was the minus 1200 favorite and he still lost a decision he's taking on Felipe Bunes Felipe is a BJJ black belt with very slick submissions he's always looking for something on the ground and he's very fast in transitions and scrambles Felipe isn't a BJJ nerd though right he's going to engage on his feet he's going to shoot proper takedowns he loves throwing straights and overhand rights and transitioning into a takedown if you take him down then you need to be prepared to defend submission attempt after submission attempt after submission attempt. Zalgas was supposed to fight at UFC 288. He had a new haircut, right? He came out looking like he took the short bus to school. And everybody loved him. This guy went from like boring, nobody liked him, like the judges especially, and people just weren't really weren't fans. Gets a new haircut, 
And it was the glow up of the century. Everybody all of a sudden, oh, Zal, look, oh, oh Zalgas Patty, Zalgas Pinblet. People absolutely loved it. And good for him. Good for him. It's absolutely incredible what a, <laughs> what a new haircut will do for you. But even though there's a lot of hype here, there's a lot of confidence in the community coming from that haircut, I do think Zalgas wins this fight. He's one in five in his last six, but they are quality losses with a lot of really close and even bad decisions. Zalgas should be able to come forward, get the takedowns, and avoid the submissions. Fleetplay is going to engage in the striking, but he doesn't really have power and certainly not one-punch knockout power. So Zalgas is going to be the pick, and I've got a half a unit money line bet on him at minus 150. And we'll see what happens. We'll see how much of this <laughs> hype, how much of this line is just from throwing a bowl on his head and cutting it across like this. So Zalgas is going to be the pick. First bet of the night for me. Then we have Carlos Hernandez, and he is taking on Dennis Bandar. Carlos Hernandez is a grappler. He's got okay striking. Striking-wise, he does have some solid accuracy and deceiving power. He isn't the most technically sound guy, but he has a nice jab with a straight that follows. And he's another one of these guys that has really slick BJJ, but just nothing to offer in the wrestling department. He's going to take shots, but they're usually stuffed and ends up with him working to the upper body and trying to figure it out from there. He has been known to throw up a Hail Mary submission like flying triangles, and he is coming off that submission loss to Alan Nascimento, where he was very hittable, blasted, and then taken down. He's taking on Dennis Badnar, and this dude is wild. He comes charging forward with winging punches in all directions, and then drops to your legs, picks you up, and old school Matt Hughes-style takedowns. And if you don't know what those Matt Hughes takedowns are, look them up. Picking people up, running them across the cage, and then just slamming them down his takedowns, the slams, it's all very impressive. On the ground, he has submissions, but they're basic, right? They're, and that's not an insult. They're solid, very clean, basic submissions, right? Head and arms, arm bars, things like that. He works for positions and moves really well on the ground. He's not likely to catch you in a scramble with a slick submission, but anything is possible. He's coming off that loss to Malcolm Gordon over a year ago, but that was a freak loss. Don't just look at him and be like, Jesus Christ, this guy lost to Malcolm Duck. He literally broke his elbow in a scramble. And this fight is a recent addition to the card. Both of them are newly added. And it was just sort of out of nowhere. But right now, and I don't have odds everywhere. There's only a couple of books that have odds and none of them are mine. But right now, the books that do have odds have Carlos Hernandez as a minus 138 favorite. And that is surprising to me. Carlos is incredibly hittable. And even though he has solid BJJ, he has no wrestling or ability to get it there. Dennis, on the other hand, has incredible wrestling, solid striking, and double the experience. So I like Dennis to come on and get this done. I think takedowns will happen and the submission defense will hold up. If I can get Dennis at plus money on my book, which is bet online, I'm going to go ahead and hit it. Make sure you have your alerts turned on if you're a premium member because this is the type of line that as soon as it drops, if Dennis Bodnar is plus money, and I could be way off here, right? Wouldn't be the first time I've been on the wrong side of a line. I think he's going to flip to a favorite. Another one of those fighters that's absolutely going to flip and make it happen. And this is where the line movement tracker is incredibly important. Watch that movement. I mentioned there are a handful of fighters on this card that open as underdogs and will close as good size favorites. And those are trends you want to keep an eye on. We on picks.com. Click become a member. It's only $10 to unlock literally everything that we do. DraftKings optimizer, ownership projections, bets, picks, tools, 38 columns of detailed data, metrics, analytics, all of that for only $10 a month. 
Then we have Kyung Ho Kang, and he is taking on Christian Quinones. Kyung Ho Kang is a well-rounded fighter. He uses his range to keep you at distance when he wants, and then he will work his range really well to get takedowns from there. He averages about two takedowns per fight, and once he gets you to the ground, he's got heavy top pressure and solid submissions. He's coming off that decision win over Dana Bagarai, where despite going 0 for 2 on takedowns, he had an incredible jab, and that's what won him the fight. Christian Quinones has relentless forward pressure where he baits you into a brawl and then he looks to grapple. His technique isn't the cleanest, but he's non-stop coming forward and that's gonna make up for any technique gaps that he may have. At times, his pace can actually be a little too fast and he doesn't settle in, meaning he's gonna create a scramble when he doesn't need to and then end up defending a submission because instead of just settling in, staying on top and striking, he just kept moving, went too far, and now he found himself all tied up. And this should be a really fun fight, right? Christian's gonna have the pressure, the pace, while Kang's gonna have the cleaner technique. If Kang pumps that jab out there the same way he did in his last fight, he could potentially stop Christian in his tracks and slow the pace. I think, though, that this fight is ultimately going to come down to Christian's wrestling, and he will more than likely get Kang down over and over again, similar to how Ronnie Yaya beat Kang. So Christian's going to be the pick, but Kang is absolutely no slouch, and what I'm really hoping for is a one-and-a-half round line. If we are lucky enough to get a one-and-a-half round line, I will be hitting the over, and our only hope for that is they're going to look at Christian and be like, wow, this dude's an animal, a bunch of stoppages. They're going to throw one on one and up one and a half up there and we'll hit the over because Kang is a super tough guy and I think this fight goes a little bit maybe not the distance but certainly into the second round then we got Jimmy Flick taking on Alessandro Costa Jimmy Flick's a grappler who likes to take risks and get that submission he's got solid takedowns with an average of more than two per fight his striking is stiff and he has a negative striking differential, but he uses it well to set up the takedowns. He's coming off that bad loss, though, to Charles Johnson in his return to the cage after two years away. In that fight, he had absolutely nothing to offer on his feet, and he couldn't get his takedowns going. You're going to see he had a takedown, but it was literally instantly reversed, and that honestly shouldn't count as a takedown. He's taking on Alessandro Costa. He's a striker with pretty good takedown defense. His striking style is high, tight guard, and very patient. He's going to wait and find his spots. When he finally takes his hands off his face and throws, he throws with 100% intent. And he does a really nice job of working in small combinations. He's going to leap in with a left to the body and then a right up to the head. He's got a very real power, but he can be low volume. He's coming off that stoppage loss to Amir Albazi. But if you remember, that was a short notice call up. Alessandro Costa is just sitting at a very comfortable three to one favorite here. And you know, if Jimmy Flick looks like he did in his last fight, then Alessandro should be a nine to one favorite. Like it shouldn't even be close. Yes, they are both coming off stoppage losses, but they were very different. Jimmy was on his back with nothing to offer. And Alessandro was coming forward, trying to just make the best of a short notice opportunity. I do think Alessandro wins here. But if Jimmy Flick shows up looking like he did before his family asked him to retire, then we could have a really competitive fight. So let's hope we get a two and a half round line here and I will bet the under. I think there's a stoppage in here and we're gonna find out how ready to come back into this world Jimmy Flick actually is. Again, make sure you have your alerts on. Make sure you've linked your Discord to premium because as soon as these props drop, there are a few of these round lines that we're gonna go ahead and jump on. Then we got Hani Barcelos taking on Miles Johns. We've broken down Hani a bunch of times, and you guys know that I absolutely 
Love this dude because he's such a well-rounded beast. Striking-wise, he's got great low kicks, solid volume, nice pace. Wrestling-wise, he is a five-time Brazilian national champion. He averages around two takedowns per fight and has a 93% takedown defense. Honey Barcelos is the real deal, but he is 36 years old, and we just saw his chin not really hold up against the Umar Nurmagomedov test. He's taking on Miles Johns. Miles Johns is a good, strong grappler. He's got heavy hands, explosive speed. The wrestling used to be the core of everything he did, but then he got two knockouts in a row a few years ago, and then he just seems to be chasing those knockouts and headhunting. He is coming off that decision win over Vince Morales where he finally seemed to go back to those wrestling roots. And this is actually a very tricky fight, and, and Honey's two-to-one odds could potentially be a trap. Yeah, he's great everywhere, but I don't know if I can trust his chin, right? He should be better than Miles Johns literally everywhere, right? Miles sits on power. He's got low volume. He just winks punches. If Miles tries to wrestle, he's not going to be on the same level, which means Miles is going to be headhunting even more than usual. Honey Barcelos is going to be the pick, but the reason I mentioned this line could be a trap is because... Miles has big, big power, and I don't know if we can trust Rahani's chin anymore, so I'm probably going to leave this alone. One of the props that Bet Online drops is who's going to get more takedowns in this fight. Those don't drop till Fridays, but if we get anything reasonable, like if we get who's going to get more takedowns, Hani Barcelos minus 150, even minus 200, I will probably max bet that because I don't see a world where Miles is taking down Hani and Hani's not taking down Miles. If there's no takedowns at all, the bets were funded. If they get one each or whatever it is, if they're tied, the bets were funded. So seems like a really low risk bet, but hopefully that's not going to be juiced. We'll see that as soon as it drops on Friday and probably peg it. Outside of that, I'm not really comfortable with any bets on this fight. We are giving away money. We want picks.com slash bets. Use our link to sign up with any of our sportsbook betting partners, and we will send you 50 bucks as a thank you. We have four partners. Our preferred is bet online. And that's just literally because they have the most amount of prop bets. Literally the most amount of prop, prop bets of any sports book for MMA. So that's our favorite. But we got BetUS, phenomenal customer service. My bookie lets you do really fun stuff with parlays. Lots of options there. If you jump in using our link, you sign up, you make a deposit, we send you 50 bucks as a thank you. It's affiliate marketing. They're paying us. And then we're sending some of that right back. To, I don't know why I whistled. Sending some of that right back to you as a thank you. We on picks.com slash bets. We've hit the main card. The main card opener is Nicholas Dalby taking on Muslim Salikov. Muslim Salikov is a solid striker. He fits very hard. He's got wrestling in his back pocket if he needs to. He holds nothing back, and almost every single strike is a significant strike. He has really good takedown defense, solid takedown offense, and great striking. He's coming off that knockout win over Andre Fialo, where he just showcased his power as well as all these wild spinning techniques. He's taking on Nicholas Dalby. Nicholas Dalby is a karate-style striker. Both of these guys have traditional martial arts backgrounds and use those striking techniques. Nicholas Dalby's is karate, right? He stays mobile. He switches stances. He's got a good amount of power, but he can be hittable himself. He averages more than one takedown per fight, but he does have a very low 30% takedown accuracy. His striking is just okay. His grappling is okay. And all in all, he's a well-rounded guy who's going to work hard, but is not dangerous. He's coming up that split decision over Warley Alves, where he had great pressure, a solid chin, and just absolutely weirdo breathing techniques. Go watch. It's so weird. Anyway, 
Muslim's a two to one favorite here, and that line feels wide. He's 39 years old, and he can struggle with pressure. Nicholas Dalby is absolutely going to pressure him. So we have two older guys with traditional martial arts backgrounds here. And the only reason a slight lean from me is going to be Muslim Salikov is because he has the better wrestling. But Dalby's 65% takedown defense could end up playing parlay buster for this card. So this is a 50-50 fight in my eyes. I'm going to wait for the props to drop. Maybe I'll find a spot there. But right now, this is going to be a, an interesting fight with a couple of old heads trying to stay young in this sport. Then we have Manuel Torres taking on Nicholas Mata. Nicholas Mata is a very good striker. He's explosive. He's athletic. He moves well with speed and diversity. He has solid takedown defense at uh, 100% so far in the UFC, and that allows him to get loose with his striking. He does a very good job being patient, but then pouring it on when he sees his opportunity. He's coming off that big knockout win over Cameron Van Camp. He's taking on Manuel Torres. Manuel's a very well-rounded guy who has dangerous striking and dangerous grappling. His striking isn't technical, but he uses his knees from the clinch really well, and he loves throwing head kicks and leg kicks. If you look at his physique, he's long, he's skinny, and he does a really good job working with that, right? His submissions are long limb style submissions, triangle chokes, power guillotines, anything that really uses leverage. And that same logic with his clinch work. He's so long, he can keep his hips really far away from you in the plum. Muay Thai plum is here, right? The back of the head. He keeps his hips so far and he just works so much power right up the middle because of that distance and he doesn't have to worry about a takedown. He's coming off the first round KO over Frank Camacho last year and this is a really good matchup. We've got two solid prospects. Both of these guys are technically sound and willing to engage. And I actually like Mata here, right? I think he's gonna be the more powerful striker and have success avoiding that plum and the takedowns. Manuel will have the BJJ advantage, but getting it to the ground is going to be hard to do, and we could potentially see some guard pulling or butt scooting. Mata is the underdog pick here. This is potentially going to be fight of the night. Um, haven't bet Mata just yet. I'm keeping an eye on that line, watching that line movement tracker, seeing if I can get some better value there. I think Mata's going to get it done. The bet will probably be Nicholas Mata plus three and a half. So you're going to buy points on the judge's scorecard. So he could lose a 29-28 decision and we'll still get paid. And if he wins the fight, we obviously get paid. So that's probably going to be the bet. Props drop on Tuesdays. Make sure you've linked your Discord if you're a premium member. So when we touch these bets, you'll go ahead and get that alert instantly to your phone. And we got Pat Sabatini taking on Lucas Almeida. I'm very curious about Jacob's breakdown in this fight because... Pat Sabatini was one of Jacob's favorite fighters, and we'll see if things have changed since his last fight. But anyway, Pat Sabatini is a dangerous grappler. He's got very good wrestling, solid pressure when he's on top. His grappling is incredible, and he is always live for a submission. He does have technical striking, and he moves pretty well to control range with that in-and-out bouncing, but he can be a little bit stiff at times. He's averaging almost four takedowns per fight, and he's coming off his first UFC loss to Damon Jackson. Yes, he was knocked out, but he didn't even have time to settle in. Damon just came charging across the cage and just absolutely blasted him. So it's not like Pat was moving, getting worked, and stopped. Right? It was just whoosh, bang, done. He's taking on Lucas Almeida. Lucas Almeida is a powerful striker. He loves throwing a heavy one too, coming forward, setting up big right hands. When he senses blood, he will literally drop his hands and march forward, throwing whatever he needs to to get the finish. But he is aware enough to know that he's a striker and not a grappler. So if he ends up on top, right, he's dropped opponents or, you know, he's defending a takedown, he ends up on top. 
if his opponents start working, start trying to make something happen, he literally will just stand up and be like, nope, back to our feet, which is some pretty solid fight IQ on his part. His takedown defense is just okay, but he's going to make you pay for those entries. If you take a shot, he's going to crack you on your way out. If you work your way in, he's going to make you pay for every single entry to get you to think, maybe I don't want to shoot again because I have not been enjoying those knees. He's coming off that KO win over Mike Trezano, where they were both dropped and earned a performance of the night bonus. And this is an interesting fight because Pat's absolutely going to have the grappling advantage and Lucas absolutely is going to have the striking advantage. If Pat can get the takedowns, he's going to make his minus 180 betting line look like incredible value. But if he is striking or shooting takedowns from too far away, he's in a struggle. He needs to close the distance. And if he can't do that well, he's going to get touched up. Pat should be an easy money line here, but I do worry a little bit about the chin. We saw Jamal Emmers drop him. Obviously, he got that wild submission immediately after. And then we just watched Damon Jackson put him out. Pat did the right thing. He's been gone for a while, recovering, right? Not one of these quick turnaround type situations. The pick is going to be Pat, though, because he's got an incredible advantage on the ground in the grappling, and that is wider than the striking advantage that Lucas has. But I may throw a... Uh, Inside the distance, decision no action on Lucas. Obviously, getting submitted is a real risk here, but I think his scramble skills, staying you know, staying a nice base if he gets taken down and his just dangerous hands could do it for him. So again, we'll see what happens when those prop bets drop because that might be one. I have it in my notes here. Keep an eye on that, and I may hit the inside the distance, decision no action on Lucas Almeida. Then we have Christian Leroy Duncan taking on Armin Petrosian. Christian Leroy Duncan, one of the biggest line movers on the card. Plus 145 open, minus 160 today. That is a lot of movement. Full-blown underdog to full-blown favorite. Christian Leroy Duncan's a high-pressure fighter with seven finishes in eight fights. He's got multiple regional championships and now a win in the UFC. He's a powerful striker who comes forward with pressure, speed, creativity. He throws anything and everything at his opponents with no regard for what comes back his way. He's wild, sometimes sloppy, but incredibly dangerous on the feet. And he's got solid ground and pound if he ends up on top. He's coming off that knockout win over Dusko Todorovic, where he only needed 14 total strikes to get it done. He's taking on Armin Petrosian. Armin Petrosian's a fun striker. He does have a professional kickboxing background. He can be a bit of a brawler at times, and he does rely on his chin quite a bit. He doesn't have the best takedown defense, but he has incredible scramble and get-up skills. He's coming out that decision win over A.J. Dobson, where he was taken down three times, but only gave up 49 seconds of control. This should be a fun fight. This should be a fun fight. I'm saying should a little weird because sometimes you get these two strikers that aren't going to engage because they both respect each other striking a little too much. But we're about to find out how good Christian Leroy Duncan actually is because even though Armin isn't a ranked guy in the division, he's a very skilled striker who's not afraid to engage. I do think Christian wins here, but let's hope he doesn't go all in chasing an early knockout and then gas. Armin is tough. He's got a solid chin. And it's not crazy that he weathers an early, early storm and then pours it on later if Christian slows down. We haven't seen that yet out of Christian, right? We haven't seen him slow down. I'm just making assumptions here. So Christian is going to be the pick. And he is honestly an affordable minus 150 right now. Then we have Armin Sarukian. Giant favorite on the card. A, a massive minus 1,100. He's taking on Joachim Silva. And I am not going to waste a bunch of time breaking this down. Armin Sarukian, incredible wrestler. 
He's pieced together some solid striking as well. He's just going to keep coming forward. Non-stop pressure. He just beat Demir. He went for 21 takedowns. He got seven of them, had nine minutes of control. Joaquim Silva, fantastic BJJ guy, fantastic hands. Very explosive, always looking for a knockout. Even though he is a BJJ black belt and more than capable on the ground, he has no problem, no problem striking and almost never attempts takedowns. Armin is a minus 1,100 favorite. There is no reason to overcomplicate this. Armin's going to dominate with the wrestling. He's going to avoid the submissions. Joachim hits like an absolute truck. He does have BJJ, but I don't think that's going to matter because defending takedowns is going to be very hard to do, and he will be doing it the entire time. Armin is a very obvious... Guys, yesterday, I probably had... if Watch the Fight Foods video to see the birthday party. I probably had 20 hard seltzers, everything from the new Sunny D one, that one's awesome, to just a mix. It was, uh, I'm in recovery. I'm, I'm sweating out booze. Can't keep my mind right. Armin Sarukian's gonna dominate this fight. He's minus 1,100. Those odds are just so tough to work with because you're not gonna get a lot of value out of them. But we'll see if something could happen. Maybe it'll shrink a little bit. You know, maybe we just throw something on Joaquim Silva at ridiculous plus odds, but Armin should dominate this fight. We know what he's going to do, just non-stop wrestle over and over and over again. Armin Surukian's going to win. Main event. We got my brethren, Marvin Vittori, taking on Jared Cannonier. Marvin Vittori is a grappler at his core, but he has developed some very solid striking over time. He's got a good set of diverse takedowns, everything from body locks to just hit and run doubles. His striking continues to improve. He's gotten very comfortable on his feet. He has a positive striking differential, and he averages almost two takedowns per fight with a 75% takedown defense. And since 2016, he has only lost to Izzy and Robert Whitaker. He's coming off that win over Roman Delize, where a lot of people actually thought he lost that fight and didn't do enough to get the nod. He's taking on Jared Cannonier. Jared is a very powerful and incredibly dangerous guy. He switches from southpaw to orthodox, and he throws kicks from both sides. He has solid grappling defense. He's massive for this division. He only has two takedowns in the UFC, but if he ends up on top, he has a ton of power and a ton of pressure. He's coming off that decision win over Sean Strickland where he landed fewer strikes and significant strikes. That was a, a lot of people think he lost that fight. Jade Kernier is a very dangerous man, but I don't know what he's going to do to Marvin Vittori. Marvin's head is built like a Costco. And if you're an international, just imagine a giant cement building. That is Marvin Vittori's head. His takedowns are solid, and even though he won't be the better striker, he does land a lot of significant strikes and is hit with fewer strikes than he's landing on his opponents. Obviously, anytime you get someone who hits as hard as Jared, there's a good amount of risk, but I'm confident in Marvin here. I have a money line him at minus 145. I think Marvin Vittori gets it done. I'm going to continue to trust that chin. We have Jared Cannonier at 39 years old, who can at times be really gun-shy. Hopefully, we don't have a very boring 25-minute fight and we have Marvin Vittori coming forward, throwing hands, shooting takedowns, making stuff happen. Marvin Vittori, fellow Italian, brick for a head is the pick, and I have a half a unit money line bet on him. Guys, I am trying to give you 50 bucks. We on picks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of the books, make a deposit. I will send you that 50 bucks as a thank you and become a premium member. It's only $10 a month. I mean, it's the most ridiculous value in this space because not only do you get the picks, the bets, the round line leans, 
You also get tools and insight. You can ignore every bet we put on the board and just use the website for your own research hub. You're going to get all the raw notes, all the fighter breakdowns. You're going to get tools like the line movement tracker. It's going to give you the opening odds, the current odds, the win probability, and the line movement for every single fighter on the card. You're going to get 38 columns of detailed data and metrics. People sell this spreadsheet, just the spreadsheet, for $10. This is just included in everything that we do. And these are things that can help you find your own spots. You work your way across. Oh, wow, I didn't realize so-and-so had such great takedown defense and, and his opponent has horrible takedown offense. All that insight information is available in these spreadsheets to help you find your spots. You're also going to get the safety parlay. The safety parlay hits at a 72% win rate. Unfortunately, last night at UFC 289, it did miss. But the overwhelming majority of the time it hits, it is up almost eight units on the year, 20 units since we've been doing it. Premium member safety parlay will be unlocked with everything else on premium membership. We own picks.com, just $10 a month. And it's not just me and Skinny Red. We also have Artem on there breaking down non-UFC stuff. You're gonna get his UFC picks. You're gonna get his UFC bets, but you're also gonna get LFA, PFL. Cage Warriors. You're going to get all of the other regional promotions. He's going to give you the picks, the inside, the bets. We own picks.com, only $10 a month.